0: This is the Roden Fellows Podcast.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to the inaugural Roden Fellows Podcast from the seventh class of fellows. I'm your host, Cameron Jackson, a multimedia journalism major at North Carolina A&T State University, home of the Aggies. I had the pleasure of being joined by the other Roden Fellows and some special guests. Let's kick off the podcast by introducing themselves. Lawrence, do you want to start?
2: Sure. Hey, everybody. My name is Lawrence Goss. I am a senior student at Florida NM University studying broadcast journalism.
3: Awesome. Awesome. Miss
1: George.
3: Hi, everyone. I'm secure George. I'm a senior English major, TV and film minor from Arlington, Virginia, and I attend Howard University.
1: And for our special guest, we would love to welcome Mr. Gregory Harris, who formerly served as the Chief of Police at South Carolina State University and also formerly served as Chief of Police and Public Safety at University of North Carolina School of the Arts and currently serves as, the, as Director of Public Safety at the Mobile Airport Authority Police Department. Welcome, Mr. Harris.
0: Thank you very much. I appreciate it.
1: No problem. Before I get started with asking questions, was there anything else you wanted to say about yourself?
0: Um, wow. I attended Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I have a Arts degree from uh, St. Leo University in St. Leo, Florida, a master's degree in public administration from uh, Kennesaw State University in Kennesaw, Georgia. And um, I've been a chief or assistant chief at eight different colleges and
4: universities.
1: The topic of this podcast today is going to be centered around um, HBCU safety and kind of college safety as a whole in light of the um, everything that happened at Morgan State University this past week. If you're unaware, um, there was a shooting at Morgan State. Um, Fortunately, nobody passed away, but um, there were students who were hit. the process. So it's a very unfortunate thing, especially during their homecoming. So Mr. Harris, the first question we have for you are, what are some standards that universities have in place to ensure a safe college experience? Maybe some things that your typical student or maybe your typical faculty member won't typically know unless you actually work there.
0: Well, most colleges and universities have emergency management plans um, that deal with specific kinds of emergencies, active shooters are clearly one of those kinds. And um, it, it basically involves how we're going to handle that particular incident at once it occurs, during the process, and in the aftermath of it. So you have sort of three phases of it. Um, the notification being the first phase, um, the action being the beginning of the second phase, um, and bringing everything to, to normal in terms of how, how you're, campus is going to uh, function again will will be your third phase.
1: And from your perspective, how effective do you think all of these things are on campuses?
0: Well, I think they're very effective uh, when you have those uh, kinds of plans in place. Um, I think they're not effective if you don't have those kinds of plans in place. So I think institutions, um, for the most part, since probably Cullenbein, I would say, um, have been uh, utilizing uh, some type of emergency operation plan or some type of active shooter plan uh, to deal with these kinds of emergencies on college campuses and universities. Um, th- I think the the end all of it is to try to stop the shooter first um, and then to try to make sure that you attend to the wounded and that you try to calm your campus down by letting them know that... that uh, you are there for them and that you can assist and help them in any kind of way that needs to be helped. A lot of times you have to bring in things like uh, the psychological aspects of the effects of, of being a part of and being around an active shooter situation. So there's going to be some counseling that's going to be needed, things of that nature. And so you have to be cognizant of it and you have to be sensitive to student population and your faculty and staff population as well. Um, some of your officers may be um, Maybe be traumatized from that as well, along with, uh, along with your students and your, and your faculty. So you have to think about those kind of things when you're creating that kind of plan and prepare for it as best you can. Uh, having the assistance of city, having assistance of county, having assistance of even state resources uh, will assist you, uh, whether you're a public institution or a private institution, to be able to deal with those kinds of issues.
1: Right, right, right. Secondly, I think a really interesting aspect of, you know, the shooting that happened at Morgan State is kind of like the narrative that kind of occurs compared to when these things happen at HBCUs compared to when they happen at PWIs. Um, I think a good example was the shooting that happened at Michigan State, I think a couple years ago, um, if I'm not mistaken. And I remember when that happened, you know, a lot of people were very apologetic to the students. was a very, very sad time. Um, You know, the students were given a lot of grace as they should have been. And I noticed that when things happen at HBCUs, the conversation kind of shifts to like the culture of an HBCU instead of, you know, maybe the problem at hand, gun violence or things that happened before gun violence. Um, For example, some things that I saw on Twitter that happened at Morgan was like, oh, um, this is why I would never go to an HBCU. Um, This is so ghetto, things like that. And I think it's really interesting to see the difference in the attention that a situation gets compared to PWIs and HBCUs. And I just wanted to know your thoughts on that.
0: Well, I think because you all are in uh, the media um, type field, Um, it's important to understand uh, what drives those fields on college campuses is money. And if you have the kind of financial backing that's going to push out your story the right way, then you're going to be able to have a situation where your your institution does not have to worry about those kinds of comments, those kinds of things, because people are more concerned about something else. Um, The the financial piece is is important. I think a lot of HBCUs are, are lacking in that when it comes to uh, media training, they're lacking in that when it comes to being able to um, present who they are and what they are to a larger audience. They, they, they do a pretty good job of presenting to um, the HBCU audience, but to the, the larger audience in the United States, I think is a different kind of presentation that comes out and so you have to you have to be kind of cognizant of that, who's getting the kind of information that, that you're putting out as an organization. And if you if you don't have the best PR person speaking for you, um, even if you want that person to speak because they know the most, um, it's probably not best to put that push that person out in front of the story. Um, so those are, that's why we have these um, crisis management teams that evolve from your emergency management plan and crisis situation because we want to put out the person who is the best spokesperson for the institution um, to be able to tell the story So that's what you want Just want the story told um, in the right kind of way
2: and for shootings how often are these plans like changing are they updated by the year or say if you know a school has um, 7,500 people one year and then the next year it grows to 8,500, how often are these plans changing, or does it take something like a um, an incident that happened at Morgan State for other schools to step back and, and reevaluate their own safety plans?
0: I, I think it depends on the kind of, of, of leadership that you have within your law enforcement family and the leadership you have within the campus community and how they're communicating with each other. Um, if they're communicating well, then your plan is going to change at least annually because your student population is going to change and and it may not change in a major way but it'll change in a way that helps you to understand okay this building is closed now so we're not we're not dealing with that building there's another building that's open so we have to make sure that's a part of the plan you know something of that nature um and and, and it takes communication so you have to you have to have meetings you have to have sit-downs you have to have discussions and, and you have to do um some practice drills uh, and things of that nature as well. Uh, Those kind of things will help your institution to come out better in the end because you have done the best you can do and the most updated thing you can do in terms of dealing with this kind of issue uh, before it
4: happened. Yeah, you know, I uh, I went to Morgan back in the day and, um, you know, I'm in the process of writing an essay. But the big thing, I I really didn't know where to start because uh, i never, you know, I went there in 1968, my freshman year. And I was talking to some of my teammates. And we were kind of saying, you know, there's never a sense that we were in danger. And I think the disconnect comes, you know, from like Cameron and Lawrence and Shakir and that generation, you know, for the past 10 years. Um, this has kind of just become the norm whether you're in grammar school or high school sorry about that. I'm at an airport so just to give the back background noise but um so yeah it's it's I, I think the thing I've got to come to grips with is with that this is just the norm and I'm, i guess I want to ask you as a sort of security person uh how do you and this I don't think this is a Morgan problem by the way I think this is <laughs> I think this is systemic, right? Uh, and I think right everybody. I, I'm on my way to. I'm in Colorado. I'm on my way. I'm in Arizona. I'm on the way to the uh, Arizona Colorado game, mm-hmm. and I've been on these big campuses, you know, whether it's Michigan State, which just had that fatal shooting in February. Right. Uh, I think it's almost just by the grace of God that this doesn't happen more often, right? I mean, because what can you, what can you do short of building a wall? Right. Around your campus, you know what
0: I mean. So, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I think a lot of times we we look at it and we think because of, of how the media portrays it that it's an it's an inner city kind of issue, and it's not. It's 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 not a matter of if it's going to happen to you. It's a matter of just when it's going to happen to you. Um, at, on college campuses nowadays, um, if you think back to the Virginia Tech uh, shooting incident. Uh, no one ever thought anything would happen on Virginia Tech's campus. Um, they were very well um, supplied with the number of officers they had. Uh, Morgan has a lot of officers. Uh, there are over over 30-something police officers on, on Morgan's campus. Uh, so it's not like the, they don't have the personnel. They have um, video surveillance and things of that nature as well. So they're very updated, and uh, they're a very good um, administrative police department that runs pretty well, Um Given that it still happened to, you. And, and so it's not anything that it can't happen to, you. it's how you deal with it once it occurs. Are you going to be out in front of it, or are you going to be um, behind it and just allow the, the media giant to take over and say, Hey, uh, this is your narrative because you're in the inner city? And I, I, I don't think they're going to do that, I think they're going to get out in front of it.
4: I, I was more concerned, you know, we the, the problematic. Aspect we don't know who did the shooting. And I mean, frankly, I was more concerned with the incident in Jacksonville, when right. this clearly white, su- white supremacist was headed to um, uh, the, the HBCU with the idea of like taking some black lives. Right. And he ended up going to a dollar store and killing some black folks. Right. Um, that's more, you know, my concern. Uh, but again, the question is, How do you begin to do this? Now, I was just wondering for the fellows, uh, how do you guys feel on your particular campuses? Do you feel vulnerable or do you all feel relatively safe?
1: I think for me, I don't know. This is probably not like a good way to, well, I think NCAT has had like situations happen close, close to campus like, um, we've had shootings at the apartments close to campus. And this semester, we had an incident close to campus where someone fired shots, but nobody was hurt or shot. But I feel like since nothing has physically happened to myself yet, I guess for me, it's like a thing of like, I, I don't know. I don't I don't I wouldn't say I feel scared on campus or anything, but I definitely think, you know, it's a problem, like the things that are happening
3: at a um I was thinking about this before um Howard is on an open campus mm-hmm. I don't know about NCAT and FAMU but Howard is an open campus and there's always something going on in DC whether it's related to Howard or not like it's just in the middle of everything um when I'm on campus honestly I'm really thinking about something happening to me but like you also think about like your surroundings and the fact that like there's the hospital right there. You hear the sirens all the time. You hear the police, wa- um, the police sirens going by. Um, and I don't know, like there we had the bomb, the bomb threat thing happen like several times. I think it was like three times like there were threats that someone was going to bomb the school and they just had us on lockdown. And it's like this impending fear you have. But also, most of the time, I don't think I'm thinking about it. And I think that's that could have been what was happening at Morgan, too. It's like you're going to class. You're not thinking about not even going to class. They were at a coronation and they weren't thinking about anything that was going to happen to them. It's just like so my mom calls it like the unguarded moment, like something just happens and no one's expecting it.
2: Yeah, and that's yeah. Uh, you know,
4: uh, go ahead. L- uh,
2: Kind of like what Takir was just saying, it's it's. It's not like anybody, you know, ever just wakes up and say, yeah, I think, you know, our school, something like bad is going to happen like at school today. So I don't, I don't, I never go across campus or if I'm on campus, I never feel, you know, particularly unsafe, especially because nine times out of 10, when you're on campus, you're around some, some like people, you know, or, or you're going somewhere with like a purpose. So it's never really a a thought in your mind, but I mean, it's obviously a different story if you were to like go out somewhere like in the community, whatever, you want to go to like an off-campus event or a party or what have you, um, then you could, then I would, you know, I wouldn't be on edge, but I wouldn't be, um, for lack of a better term, um, unaware of my surroundings, um, in a sense. So, but on campus specifically, I never really think twice about, about safety. Yeah, that
4: that's, I guess that's kind of how I feel, and I don't know um, whether it was the. But well, let me ask you guys this: Let's let's get it. Is there anything that you could be done if we're talking about what can be done? Would you guys be um, in favor of more surveillance, more cameras, more? Would you sacrifice some of your personal privacy to have more surveillance cameras? you know, more the ability to spy, not why well, I say spy, but you know what I mean? Would you trade in your safety to have more surveillance?
1: That's, that's an interesting question, Mr. Roden, because I know when I was a freshman here, a big topic was the over-policing on HBCU campuses. But the policing wasn't about shootings or violence. It was about things like, you know, like, going in a dorm or a a big thing that's happening right now at NCAT is the skaters. The skaters have been skating in front of our student center for like as long as I can remember, but it seems like now it's been a big problem with NCAT UPD. And the conversation is kind of about, you know, and I don't know if this is fair to say maybe, but the conversation has kind of been about, you know, officers have a lot of smoke for lack of a better term for skaters but all this other stuff is going on and it's like where are you at then now i understand that's a very like nuanced situation and everything isn't as black and white so I say that like very much on like face value, but I think it is an interesting conversation because I don't think we want to get to a point where HBCUs are over-policed and, you know, we don't have that sense of freedom that we used to have, but we also want to feel safe. So I think it's about finding like, kind of like a middle ground.
0: I think it's important for us to to make sure we look at it um, in terms of the job that these officers have to do. Um, It's not easy to be a pseudo parent at a HBCU or any other institution, um, whether or not it's an HBCU. Um, And and that's one of the things that I think a lot of police officers are trying to do. And they're trying to protect their students and student body um, in these kinds of situations and things that occur. Um, It's Again, it's it's not an easy job, um, but there needs to be more collaborative efforts between law enforcement and student body in terms of the behavioral kinds of a conversation, what, what can you do and what you can't do? Um, those kind of things will, will help keep the sort of tension between the two groups, uh, from occurring. I, I used to believe that the campus police were a lot more empathetical on HBCU campuses than they were on, the, on the PWI institution campuses, but that's not necessarily true uh, because like, like Bill said years ago, we felt safe on, on on campus. I felt safe, very safe on Morehouse's campus as a student. But I don't know if I feel safe um, as a student on some other campuses if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. If I'm not going to the ATM at three o'clock in the morning, um, then I don't feel safe on campus. If I'm doing that, um, you know, if I'm if I'm trying to go from one place to another by myself as opposed to going with a group of individuals, then I don't feel safe on campus. You know, so those kind of things, when you have open campuses, that will affect um, the way you do things and, and how safe you feel.
4: I'm looking at this Morgan thing. Somebody has got to know who did this. You know, there are some people there who know exactly who was involved, you know, and for whatever reason, people are not coming forward. But the more I'm looking at it, said like three shots, the two or three guns were used. And some people were there when the stuff jumped off. You know, and somebody is not pointing the finger to somebody. And and that's, I guess, what you're talking about. There's got to be at some point collaboration.
0: And I I think that kind of collaboration is happening now at Morgan. Um, I I think you can probably say that there'll probably be an arrest or two or three made at some point um, very soon. Um, Those are the kind of things that I'm hearing. Uh, so I, I think I think Morgan has an opportunity to uh, to clear this case and, and to make a splash in terms of, hey, you can't do this on our campus and not get caught. Um, and I think that and that has to do with the collaboration that we have with the 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 greater community of Baltimore and that campus as well as a student body and law enforcement.
2: And in, in your opinion, you know, as a student. You know, I can be. I can imagine what the students they're going through, and kind of look at it from their perspective. Um, in the same, the same age group, the same, you know, the same age range, and everything. But from from your side, it uh, it will look a little different. Um, uh, you know, being on the uh, the security or the the police side of everything. So, what can, what what's what's the the response? I guess in terms of whether it be student support or how, what can the students expect, you know, the following? Cause you know, realistically it was, it, the incident happened, but they cancel like homecoming events, but they're not going to cancel. They're not going to cancel school. Right. Uh, They're not going to send everybody home. So, you know, the students, they have to, eventually they're going to walk those, that's along the same path that the incident happened. But you know, that, that PTSD or trauma might be there for those students. So what can, what can those students kind of expect moving forward? at least from, from the police side?
0: Well, they can, they can expect the availability of counseling to occur uh, from the university. They can expect more communication from the police department. Um, we are, we're a 24 hour day seven-day-a-week organization. So we're there all the time. and And we're available to communicate with the student population about those kinds of situations and what you can do to protect yourself what kind of measures that you can take that will will prevent you from being a victim of crime as much as possible in an open campus. So I think those kind of talks have to happen, uh, if not more often now, because we've had such an incident, Um, but but in general, because of of these kinds of incidents that are coming um, on on a constant basis. So we have to be aware of our surroundings. We have to be diligent about not walking by ourselves or going by ourselves or not not paying attention, I, I would say, to what's happening around. Um, those, are, those are the kind of things that are going to keep you
1: safe. What are some things that some of these universities can do or put in place to kind of promote more safety, some things that they're not already doing?
0: Mm, I, I think they can definitely have more uh, communication with the student population and and not not just in terms of pamphlets and flyers and things like that, but I mean open dialogue. Go to the residence hall and talk to the students. Have meetings with student government association. Um, have meetings with your athletes. Have meetings with other organizations, fraternity, sorority, uh, any organization that you have. Uh, have an officer who can address issues to talk to the students about those kind of issues. And then have a, a good communication with your psychological counselors that you have on campus. Uh, I think if students talking to and talk to those counselors, they can get some information about how to cope with certain things um, in terms of going back to class. Um, those coping skills will help them not only at institutions, but it will help them in life as they move forward past that. I think that, that, that's a very positive thing for a student to get. Um, and, and beyond that, I think the institution as a whole has to be very supportive of those kind of collaborations and that kind of communication between faculty, staff, students, law enforcement and counseling service. I think if you do that, um, I think you achieve a great um, goal in terms of making your campus feel safer, even if it's not in a safer environment.
3: Um, I just want to bring up homecoming real quick. We know their um their homecoming events were canceled. Um, the day after the shooting happened, I went to Morgan and I was talking to some of the students, and some of them were um, they were they they thought it was unfortunate that homecoming was going to be canceled, but at the same time, um, I think a lot of people are still in fear, and I just was wondering what you guys feel about that because. I don't know if I would feel comfortable going in like a mass group of people um only like a week after something like that has happened. Um so I think I think they made the right call canceling homecoming this time and it's it's I think it's an unfortunate thing to happen especially cuz there's seniors that won't get their last homecoming and there's freshmens that will never experience their fo- first homecoming but it seemed like a necessity. But what do you guys think?
4: I think it was a smart call, um, and I think particularly because, and, and again, you, you guys are right, I'm I'm viewing it through a completely different prison, <laughs> you know, not as a student or something like that. Uh, but um, I, I think you're right, Takir, uh, maybe had they made an arrest, you know, maybe had they said, this is what happened, we got him in custody, and people were that it was something personal, it was a feud. You know, it wasn't some random person in the trees somewhere just shooting people. I think, but I think the unknown—you know—you just we just have to wait until things play out. Uh, otherwise, everybody's uneasy. So yeah, I think it was a the great call. I know there was an economic impact, but I think it was a wise decision uh, to 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 look at lives and all that, and I, and I think when they do make arrests and the news does get I think it will make it easier for people to go back on campus, but it, I mean, you know, to go back to class, but I guess the, the, the larger issue is what do you do now? You know, uh, how does the student body and everybody involved work together to, to I don't know, maybe you're talking about more self-policing or mm-hmm. something, mm-hmm. You know, you know, I mean, I think that's what you were alluding to. Yes. Whether it's a, you know there's more self-policing
1: i would agree with mr roden completely i think i think it was a smart car a smart call but what i will say is i i do hope that all of their events can get rescheduled because homecoming is like a very essential part of hbcus and it's not even just for students for alumni too um that's the point of time where you get to see your class that you haven't seen in over 20 years or however long. So it's really a great time. So I I really do hope it can get rescheduled, but I agree with Mr. Ronan. I think it was a smart call as well. Is is the security different compared to homecoming, compared to, you know, everyday living on campuses?
0: I would say absolutely. Um, You're going to have to hire more um, off-campus law enforcement personnel to deal with the larger events that you're going to have. Um, be in parties, parades, what have you. Um, even if you have a large contingency, which they do, of police officers, you, you still have uh, a certain amount of overtime you're going to be able to work those individuals, and they can't do it all. But so every campus I've worked, we've always hired off campus um, local uh, law enforcement individuals to assist us uh, in making our staff larger to deal with those kind of events. Um, football games, dances your party uh step shows anything else you have uh, is is going to require more personnel and so that's how we do that
1: thank you so 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 much mr harris and that's all for today's episode to our audience, thank you for tuning in to us for another year of the Fellows Podcast. We'd like to give a very special thanks to Mr. Gregory Harris, Mr. Roden, and Ms. Kimberly Jarvis. Get all Roden Fellows Podcast episodes and HBCU podcasts by subscribing to the Anscape Listen tab of the ESPN app. Make sure to join us next time for another HBCU podcast. And don't forget to go on the Anscape website and look at the latest news and insight.